Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are life coaches Cindy Chavez and Jackie Gates. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. In fact, we're happy to be doing anything at all because my computer decided it was going to do a major update before the show. Actually, it decided about five hours before the show. And it's, it's chugging right along saying, I think I can, I think I can. So I decided to agree with it. I, I think you can, yes, computer. Yes, it needs to be doing fine. Yeah, you know, so hopefully there won't be any major freezes or anything like that. And if there is, you guys will just carry on, I'm sure. But uh, I, I'd like to be a part of the conversation. So hopefully there'll be no freezes. <laughs> yes, yes. I did an update last night, you know, where it says, um, as soon as you say yes, and it says uh, that its approximate time is 22 minutes. And then when the progress bar is about a quarter of the way, it says 35 minutes. It's like, wait a minute, something is going backwards. <laughs> I mean, I knew we had power over time, but what? Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. But, yeah, we are the Jetsons. Yeah. So I'm grateful for all We are, things. absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually apropos because we decided that the topic today was going to be trust and abundance. And if you can't trust the computer, that's not even, that's like stage one. You know, the, the trust we're talking about is a, at a much higher level. So yeah. I, I, I guess we have to start there. Let's start trusting the, the computer and we'll have an abundance of show. <laughs> but, I love uh, it. I love it. I, yes. I used to actually, I yes. still occasionally do sign an email to a client, especially with trust yourself, trust the universe, trust the process. Mm. Um, I think that that's like everything hinges on that, right? Oh, absolutely. Because if we're mm -hmm. not trusting and you know, the, the, the main thing I think is trusting all three of those things, trusting ourselves. That's not always easy. Well, that's, that's actually the yeah. factor that makes the other two challenging because we're the ones who have to do the trusting. And it has to be yeah. in our own lives on the things that we have the most difficulty trusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you were talking about abundance, yeah. and I was thinking, well, we, you know, that idea that we're made to experience abundance, and yet so many people aren't. And it's, you know, through no fault of their own. It's just we often think of abundance as meaning a certain thing. Right. Like a lot of times all of this very new age mindset, we use the word abundance instead of just saying money. <laughs> well, I think we mean it also broader than that, but I see your point. We, we do. But sometimes people don't want to talk about money or finances. True. Like, yes. You know, the whole idea that like money isn't spiritual or mm -hmm. you know, and so they'll say abundance instead. And yet, like you said, yes, abundance is so much bigger, deeper, wider, broader. So we often are experiencing abundance in lots of areas, but we tend to sometimes notice the areas where we're not experiencing abundance <laughs> because, you know, we're human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That's true. Or we have an abundance of what we'd rather not have an abundance of. <laughs> <laughs> right. Boy, do I have an abundance of all this stuff I hate. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But this trust, trusting in your abundance thing is also a serious topic in a sense because 
uh, well, first of all, it's one of the hardest things. But second of all, it's one of those things we actually don't define very well a lot of the time. And I mean specifically for ourselves. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the, the retake on the movie The Secret. It's it's a fictional version, The Secret Dare to Dream. It's a, it's, it's a fictional story, but it basically tells mm-hmm. the ideas of the law of attraction. And one of the oh things God. that that occurs in the movie is uh, two of the protagonists are talking, and uh, one of them asks the other, well, what do you want for your birthday? And she says, well, I don't know. And he says, well, if you don't know what you want, how can you ask for it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty profound because if you don't know what your abundance is, how can you ask for it? Right. You don't. You can't yeah, have what you want if you don't know what it is. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You have to get specific. You have to. You have to have something for. You have to collapse the universe around a, 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 a decision, an intention, a, a havingness. It's um, otherwise it'll just give you what it's always given you, and that's often the problem. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also the challenge at the mm-hmm. same time. And that, and that yeah. challenge is an important challenge because mm-hmm. what it means is we have control over that. We may not realize we have control over it, but we have control over it. And it really begins with recognizing how clear am I about what it is I'm asking for. Now, like if I'm saying, mm-hmm. am I saying I want abundance in my life, well, what does that mean to me? Right. It's not going to mean mm-hmm. the same thing to you or to you or yeah, to me. And it's, it's all going to be different. Yes. I think that's really important is to mm-hmm. be able to, yeah. we don't have to define Absolutely. it for everyone. We have to define it for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And how do we yep. do that? Mm-hmm. And we have to do it specifically, like Jackie was saying. And that's actually where the challenge is, because that's where we have to start imagining. Mm-hmm. A lot of us. Yes, it is. We do right? have to start imagining. Yeah. And, and a lot Excuse of Excuse me uh, if I interrupt you, but. No, that's, that's just the computer's having a hard time. Uh, today, that's all. Uh, yeah, and I keep, it, it feels like I'm interrupting and it's, I, I thought you'd finish, but you saw that it was a glitch. <laughs> so Our okay. computers are working very hard for us and we really appreciate that. <laughs> we do. Well done, computers. Yay for the internet. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it is this imagining part because, um, we, it's such an interesting thing about asking for abundance. My favorite experience of abundance being blown out of the water is that for the longest time, I thought that, well, firstly, I love to travel and I wanted to fly first class. I have flown to South Africa several times, always in coach. It's 21 hours in a chair. Ouch. Um, it's a very long <laughs> flight. <laughs> Cindy is covering so her head. No, is, no, so no. I keep imagining. I know. Yeah, it is. It's a long flight. It's a good thing my, I love my mother. Anywho, it is. Um, but it is this idea that I wanted. I thought that the abundance that I could have would be first class, right? Being able to sleep horizontally. Oh my mm. God, that sounded like the nth degree. So that was what I had on my vision board, horizontal. Uh-oh, Jackie's frozen. <laughs> and I, here, I thought I was the one who was going to freeze today. <laughs> well, I can't remember his name now. Randy Gage. And he was saying... Uh-oh. I thought I was the one who was frozen. I don't know who's frozen and who's not. I'm just going to keep talking. 
(laughs) (laughs) And Randy Gage mentioned that he had flown first class in Emirates and he had had a shower at 30,000 feet. And this blew my mind because how do you ask for an abundance that you don't know exists yet? This is the, this is the piece where we ask for what we want, but we are confined to what we know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, so it's making me think about something, and that is um, a minute ago when Walt was talking about the feelings, because I always go back to this, right? Neville, assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, if we're wishing for abundance, and we're talking about being specific, but now we're talking about this conundrum about I need to be specific, but I don't really know everything that's out there. I can only... I can only know what I know. So how about intending for the feeling of feeling abundance? You know, it makes me think of the time we did the, I did the experiment with, I feel rich Mm -hmm. where I did a thousand Mm -hmm. affirmations a day of, I feel rich for like a month. And the things that happened during that month were sort of mind blowing. I, I don't know why I stopped. (laughs) <laughs> I have wondered that myself, actually, but yeah, <laughs> but they, you know, just things that kept happening, not just, not just like money coming in, which it did, but other situations like being at a restaurant and having the manager come over and give us, give us like a $300 bottle of wine, you know, just <laughs> like talk about, I feel rich, but it was like coming from all directions mm-hmm. and there was no, we weren't being specific. We were just going for the feeling. So we chose, I feel rich instead of I, I am rich or, you know, what any other affirmation. We just went for the feeling. What does it feel like? So that's just another, I don't know, facet to think about. Well, it's an important facet, uh, not the least of which is because if we're talking about imagining, one of the things that I have a challenge with imagining is imagining how I'm feeling about something. Like if I want to feel particularly good about something, trying to imagine myself feel that, that, that can be a challenge for me. I don't, I don't have Jackie's acting skills. I, I actually have to really work hard to get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking that, you know, when we, when we start wanting to feel a certain way, we talk, I was talking at the beginning, right, about trusting myself, trusting my abundance, but also trusting the universe. So it's like trusting that the universe is probably able to deliver me something I can't even imagine. Like I'm imagining mm. laying horizontal and the universe is giving me a shower. Like right. I, I'm, if I trust that the universe can deliver in a better, bigger way than I can probably think up myself, then maybe I can just trust in that instead of having to worry about being specific. And yet I'm also, I'm also a big fan of being very specific about what we want because we have to know what we want to some degree. But sometimes maybe we can just shoot for how do we want to feel to start? It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also reminded of what Abraham talks about when they've talked about what you ask for, what, what to ask for. For instance, they mentioned at one point that uh, a lot of people ask for, you know, a million dollars or something like that. And, and their reply to that is, if you're going to ask for a large amount of money, ask for at least 15 to 20 million. 
yes. you know, go for it. I've never heard of this exactly. <laughs> Really? That's great. They, they really did say that. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. If you're going to go for it, go for the gusto. I mean, Louise and I were having a conversation about that the other day. We were talking about the gardening business and we were talking about um, ways to make it easier on ourselves. Basically, is there a way to turn it into a turnkey kind of operation where you turn it on, you walk away, you collect cash, that kind of thing. And I thought about it for a moment. And I said, why, why would I want to do that? It's a quarter of a million dollar business. Let's go for something that's in the millions or billions. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, if we're going to go for something, let's go for it. And Louise gave me this look like, Oh my God, <laughs> I didn't think of that. But we so easily fall into those little traps of, of focusing on, let's get this little thing to go. Yeah, I think a lot of times yeah, people- Yeah, because we that. only- Go ahead. Yeah, we, we limit it to what we've known so far. Yeah. Yeah, and and we hear, uh, we hear a million dollars and that's sort of one of those things that's a, a cliche almost. People say it just, you know, it's just a, a measure, a measure. And when someone tells me that they want to attract, make, create, whatever, a million dollars, I often ask them what they would do with it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know what you would do with a million dollars, then do you know what you would do with a half a million? Do you know what you do with 20 million? Like, mm -hmm. I, and I think it's important that we know what we would do with it because we're showing some level of um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. We're, we're communicating to the universe some level of responsibility or some level of, you know, knowing what we're going to do once it happens instead of just throwing it out there. It's kind of like a child asking for something and they don't really even know what they're asking for. So I think it's important we kind of have some idea. My husband and I did this one night. We actually sat down and we figured out exactly what we would do if we suddenly had a hundred million dollars. We figured it out. We figured out where it would go, what we would do with it. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a game called the abundance game, I think it was, or the prosperity game where you had yes. to spend inverted commas more and more money every month um, or yeah. every day rather. Um, and I was surprised at how fast I ran out of what I right. knew to buy. It's right? like those top of the mind things, right? Yeah. Um, I, I spent all that and that was the first week. And then all of a sudden I've got, okay, now I've got another million to spend. Oh, it's so much work. Um, <laughs> I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's really a fun thing. But then this is really interesting as far as identity goes, because you have to work out who you'll be with that money who you'll be when you have, and then what you do. Because if you're going to be somebody who wins the lottery, uh, if you're going to have the winnings of the lottery, but be somebody who's broke, you will go back to the identity without any, you know, it, it is it is inevitable that unless you shift the identity, you won't get there. But a lot of people will be able to shift to an identity where they have the million and then that level of abundance, those feelings start to show up in other ways. Yep. And, and you know, it it is, um, for me, I want a spacious calendar and a full bank account. Those are my two, <laughs> my two things. I, I do not want 
I do not want to have to work so hard that I have no time, but I also want to have money to spend in my free time. So mm-hmm. there is, so these two things are part of the identity. I want to be able to say, I have a spacious calendar and a full bank account, and that allows me to be, do, have, right? And it's an identity. It's not, because you can be, um, you know, you can be a millionaire and look like one of those crazy panic stricken hedge fund managers, or, you know, or you can look like, um, Michael Douglas in Wall Street, or you can look like Sir Richard Branson and be in shorts on your own island. You know, mm-hmm. there is a lot of ways to do that thing. How mm-hmm. would you do it? And that's the identity. It's, and, and, you know, that's the feelings, the thoughts, the, because I don't subscribe to the universe as a replacement for God. I don't think, I don't think I get given. I think I attract. I really do. I think I, I focus and create and it right, comes in. It's physics. It comes in to fill that observation. So the more I can make the observation tangible of the identity with the way I will feel, with the way I will show up, what will I have for breakfast? How will I feel when I balance my checking account? Who's going to teach me? Am I going to worry about my own investing or am I going to trust somebody? Mm -hmm. Am I going to buy a house or am I going to live in a caravan? And, you know, how am I going to be a millionaire? This is the core for me. Um, And then the more I focus on that identity, the more the field, the universe conspires on my behalf. It's not that it gives me anything. It's that it rushes in to accommodate Yes, thank you for saying that because it is not when we start thinking in the opposite way, then we come up against uh, often that idea of deserving, which I don't subscribe mm-hmm. to at all. Right? And we we get that we get no. that idea of deserve pushed at us a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Even with the idea of you know, people that have this work ethic that's like you should only deserve to have food and shelter if you work hard enough. You know, it's like, I I don't subscribe to any of that. And I think that when we get into that area, then is when we start feeling like we're not worthy. If something doesn't show up, like something's wrong with us, like we don't deserve it. And none of that is the thing at all. It's just always reflecting back our identity to us. That's it. Who are we? It's always attached to a story. Yep. That's, mm-hmm. that's the part we have to change. And to yeah, me, absolutely. That's the part that's that feelings are attached to. Like if you have someone tell you their story and they've had a lot of hardship and pain in their life, they may start telling a sad story. Or if they're very successful and they've accomplished all the things they've set out to, their story may be full of confidence and you know, and happiness that they've made these achievements, but there's always emotions attached to it. So that's again, to that feeling part that I think is so important. Jackie and I were talking about this yesterday, um, Mm -hmm. that we manifest with feeling. I think that's why I love Neville so much. He's always on that track of the feelings. We don't manifest from our head. The thought might occur to us in our head. Sure. But the manifestation is through the body, actually. Feelings are in the body, it's through the emotion and the feeling. So we can't neglect that. That has to be there. Yeah, I like to think of the feelings as being the accelerator. 
<laughs> I think that's true because you know you can you can have somebody say the lines of a show like we've all heard people reading Shakespeare. Oh dear mm-hmm. God. If it, if there was a level of hell for me, it's some it's some middle school person reading Shakespeare. No, um, so <laughs> it, and and I'm not dissing middle school students, but yeah, but there is a certain level there. Um, I, I have but, the same thing. And then you have somebody who says it like they mean it. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And you know what? But it, it, you know, and it's it's the same words, but the feeling is different, and therefore the vibration is different. Therefore, the intention is different. Therefore, the way it lands is different. So the feelings can't be disconnected, but they also can't be the only thing. You have to do all the other bits. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting too, how we're emphasizing the emotional side because the emotional side in order to know that side, you really have to have a very good handle on the thing that you're attaching the emotion to. It's pretty hard to just feel a general emotion. It's much easier to attach it to something. Yes. You can transfer it though, because you can remember how fabulous you felt when this thing happened and say, I'm gonna feel much the same way when this True. next thing arrives. True. Um, this is method acting, right? We don't all have to be beaten to death by a bully in, you know, in the third act to know how that might feel because we can pull in that, we can pull those emotions. Um, so I think transference is really, really cool. And for me, a lot of the time somebody says, I want to feel confident. Well, confidence has a lot of nuance, but like, I want to feel like I'm holding my, like holding my own. That's a good spot, right? Or if they say, I want to feel, um, you know, I want to feel secure. Well, where else do you feel secure? Can you transfer that? Can you move that into and somehow replicate it when you're doing your bank checking, you know, whatever it is, so that you can transfer that. We are able to do that as humans. It's an amazing ability, and we can tap into it in our manifesting. Yes, and anchoring a feeling. Like, I'm glad you brought this up about Mm -hmm. confidence because I had this conversation this morning um, with a client, and I love giving this particular homework assignment. So if you want to feel more confident, um, take a notebook and give yourself 30 minutes and start writing a list at everything you're really good at, whether it's a skill, Mm -hmm. whether it's an emotional intelligence, whether it's something you accomplish, write down your accomplishments, write down what makes you or what you think would make you good for this thing you're going for, you know, just keep going and going and going. And what happens is that all these things come up. You completely forgot about, Oh yeah. And I did this too. And I did that too. And what I usually say is when you get to the end of it or at the beginning, ask yourself this before you start on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being like, I couldn't be more confident. I'm the most confident person on the planet. And one being, I have no confidence in myself at all. Where are you? Don't overthink it. Just what number comes up, write the number down, then write the list and ask yourself, how do you feel now? And I guarantee you will feel much more confident. Then the next thing you do is like really feel it, anchor that feeling in, memorize what it feels like. And if you'll take, you know, 60 seconds to really memorize how good that feels in your body, what confidence feels like in your body. You're sitting up straighter now. Your shoulders are back. You're feeling so good and so sure. Then you can 
tap into that feeling in the future. Like Jackie said, you know, something comes up, you're like, I need to really feel confident. Oh yeah. I remember, I remember that feeling. I know what it feels like. That's yeah. Cool. And that's why that's, that's absolutely why I give my clients two pieces of homework, similar stuff. I get them to watch Dr. Allison Cuddy's Ted talk. So it's Cuddy, yeah. C-U-D-D-Y. Alison Cuddy, and it's about body language, right? She talks about the superhero pose, which is the legs slightly apart, chest up. I call it boobs out, chin up, um, and <laughs> and your hands on your hips. Wonder um, Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman, this cross pose. This is a little more, to me, it feels more defensive, but it is, but it is that thing. But what's interesting is the studies that she's done of physiology and the, the chemical changes that happen in your body when you stand in that pose your body knows what that pose means and so you can use it and she says two minutes go and do that and it's always the case and then for me i go ta-da i take you know it's my it's my my take in the bows it's a curtsy of appreciation it's a oh yes of course you're all up on your feet screaming it is that kind of a thing and so when you do that in advance you show up in that expectation. The feelings create the inevitability of that that scenario, of that identity, and you move towards it in a way that makes it inevitable, as opposed to coming from the other end and hoping you deserve it, which yes. is an underneath rather than a top-down. I'm so glad you mentioned that TED Talk. I literally have had clients in the ladies' room five minutes before a job interview doing the Wonder Woman pose. <laughs> I do that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have had clients do the same. I said, go to the go to the ladies' room, stand there until you feel good, and and it's yeah, she's love it. It works. It works. It's a. It's not woo. It's science. It's right there in your body, and you can tap into it. Um, and what's really cool is that I have had so many, I've experienced it and I've had so many reports of standing in that prose brings your brain online. It's like you, you may be going, I'm really not sure about this. I'm not weary. You know, I'm a, I'm a tad worried about the presentation. Blah, 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 blah. You stand in this and all of a sudden your brain's going, you know what? I am the best thing that they could have. And it it actually changes your thought patterns from the inside out as opposed to, yeah, as opposed to trying to think your way through it, you're actually embodying first. One of the things I love about the law of attraction is how it is active at all moments. And it was active yeah. just now because be just before you started going into this little bit here about um, – adopting the pose, you know, using the physiology to build the confidence and so forth. The question I was about to ask you guys was, if you're trying to make your list and you can't think of anything to put on the list, what do you do? <laughs> and you just Stand dance through pose. <laughs> you know what's cool about this is that we're talking about trust and trust in abundance. And Jackie, that's a perfect example of like one minute, you're not trusting. You're not trusting in your ability, you know, not fully trusting in in what you've bringing to the table, in your ability to do whatever. And then a simple embodiment practice, right? 
And suddenly mm-hmm. you are trusting. You're like, oh, no, I've got yeah. this. And it's so true. And so bringing yeah. it back into the body, right? And this is like the backwards part. It's instead of like feeling something in your body first, you're actually consciously yeah. putting your body, you know, feet up on the desk creates the same <laughs> the same chemical response, right? It's that power pose, yeah. the boss sitting back with the feet on the desk or leaning with your hands on a desk and leaning forward. All three of those create that same response in the brain. Uh, it's amazing. Humans are amazing. Yeah. They <laughs> are. It's, it's so cool because it's um, th- that, that feeling of being, of pulling back as well will give you perspective. If that's something you need, if some people are getting at you and there's a lot going on and you're feeling somewhat frazzled, leaning back will give you literal distance and allow you to not disconnect but separate out it'll give you perspective so there's lots of ways we, we study this in theater you know this is part of acting as if this is why acting as if translates so incredibly well to um to manifesting is that you can act as if and your body will go with you to whatever it is that you want to create Um, and it's why there's a whole section in, you know, when I work with clients and when I'm in the, in the programs that I'm building, there's a section on body language. It has to do with embodiment. Um, and it becomes inevitable because you are already that. You are that which you are becoming and you just have to emerge as it. And it's, and it's, it looks like magic and it's not. It's you being the, the brilliant human that you are. What you're describing here is a great way of explaining what I experienced a couple of days ago, uh, because a couple of days ago I did my recording session with uh, Selena Dorsey Valentine, who runs the Law of Attraction World Summit. Um, mm-hmm. So I was doing my, my session with her that she's going to use in the summit, and it, it, it's just basically a, a sit-down interview, a Zoom-type interview. Uh, but she asked she asked me a question that she wanted me to address, and I started addressing it, and then she put me on full screen which means I'm, I'm front and center now. Well, it also means I can't see her. So there's no visual cues telling me, how am I doing? How much time no, do I have? Right. Am I answering yes, the yes. question? <laughs> and and I, and I mentally froze for a split second. Like, oh. oh my God, what do I do now? But fortunately, I have all these years <laughs> doing the podcast. So I said, well, I'll, I'll just do a podcast for a moment. And so I just dove into doing the podcast. And, and I, did, I didn't have even a clear idea what I was going to answer to her question. So I just did my, my trick of, well, I'm going to open my mouth and see what comes out. So I did that, and it seemed like I was going forever. It seemed like it was going on and on. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I must be just blabbering over right now. I mean, there must be nothing coherent coming out of my mouth. And, and then I, I finally realized, well, I, I need to find some way to kind of frame an ending so that she'll come back on the screen and I'll know what to do. So I framed an ending. She came back on the screen. And she was just effusive with, oh, my God, I can't believe how wonderful that. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> I got it. I did it. I wonder what I said. <laughs> I have to go back and watch the recording. Right. right exactly. <laughs> you mean I was actually coherent? How about that? <laughs> yep, that's, that's identity for you. It works every time. And it, I, I was very glad of that because otherwise I'm not sure what I would have done if I didn't have that background as a podcast host to handle that situation. <laughs> it was funny. Oh, my goodness. 
Now let, let's look at the uh, trust side of it a little bit more um, because we're, we're talking about trust in terms of confidence. And I think the confidence we've been referring to is confidence in ourselves. But we also, I think, have a challenge with having confidence in how the universe works. Very often you, you'll hear or, or see people talking about, uh, well, I've been working on trying to attract this X thing into my life. And it, no matter what I do, I've been doing my affirmations. I've been, you know, I, I've been thinking about it. I've been singing about it in the morning and it just doesn't show up. And you can just tell they don't, the way they're saying it, they really don't have a whole lot of trust in the process. Mm-hmm. So how do you because handle that side of it? My thought is you're, because you're still being somebody who is trying to get that thing. Oh. You're not being somebody who has it. You're being somebody who's trying to get it. It's like being somebody who's losing weight will mean you're always going to have weight to lose. Being somebody who's trying to get a promotion, you will always be somebody trying to get a promotion. If you become somebody who has the promotion, somebody who is at that weight, it's a very different perspective. And it's a, it's, I, I mentioned it to my client today. I'm making a meme, but it says, lifestyle is identity made visible. This is exactly what it is. When you are living the lifestyle of somebody who is at the weight, at that fitness level, at that job level, at that Starfleet commander going to space level, whatever it is, you are going to find that you don't drop out of character. But we, we take our we take our metric as the goal. I am losing weight. No, that's not the goal. The goal is to be somebody who is at that weight. The goal is to be somebody who is in that position. Um, and so it's a different, it's a different perspective. My, my question is always, who are you being? Who are you being? That's a great question. Because ultimately, we want to be ourselves, but we also want ourselves to be that place of being that we really wanted to be at. But ourselves is for a reason. Ourselves is is so many versions. Which version do you want to be? Which version are you being? We can. Half the time, I don't even know. No, I'm serious. I mean, there there are times I, I've I've gotten pretty good at at putting out there what I'm looking for and getting what I want and so forth. And yet there are times where I, it's almost like I just lost control of the steering wheel for a moment. But isn't this when trust is most important? Absolutely. That's why I'm talking about this right now. Yes. <laughs> right. Like I yeah if I'm, yeah if I'm, it, it is absolutely. If I'm supremely confident, I probably don't really need trust as much. It's when things don't seem to be going the way that I want them to go that I tap into trusting the process, trusting myself, trusting the universe, trusting that I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing right now. That's mm-hmm. the process that we trust. My trust, yeah, my trust always stems from, do I believe this is a friendly universe? Yes. Yeah. Do I, do I think it'll all work out better than expected? Yes. 
And those two things allow me to move through with what looks like confidence, but it's actually an expectation of the result being for my benefit in some way or another. Totally agree. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that it's fake, right? It's like, whenever mm -hmm. I hear someone say to me, I hope, like I ask somebody something, oh, I hope so. Oh, let's, let's get beyond that. Yeah. Like the only time that hope uh -huh. is valuable is when we're feeling hopeless. Yes. And we need to have our hope restored. But as soon as we have hope, we need to move that hope into faith, which is trust. And expectation. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. That's the climbing mm -hmm. of the Abraham Hicks uh, emotional guidance scale. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. that is. Back into the body again with those emotions. Yes. <laughs> yes. We always end up back there, don't we? It's amazing. We how that mm -hmm. that's, I mean, we are having a human experience for real <laughs> in the body. Mm -hmm. yeah. That body means that the, the, the recognition that it's in the body means that we, need, we really do need to be cognizant. We need to be aware of that mind body connection because the mind part we usually have pretty good. You know, yeah, I could think a thought, no problem. It's the body connection part that we can kind of lose track of. And I think what we're saying here is that connection, we got to be aware of it. Really, really aware mm -hmm. of it. And cultivate it. Cultivate it. You can change your walk. You can change the way you sit. You can change the way you enter a room. You can change the way you have dinner. You can change so much about the way you move your body through your experiences, and that will change the experience itself. Hmm. Boy, that's really good. That's important yep. because that's important to get that distinction Jackie's talking about. Because so many times the things that people want to attract, like Jackie was talking about a, a position at work or more money or a mate. And when you're trying to coach them to become that person that has those things, they often find it hard because they're like, well, I'm not that person. If I was that person, I could go fly first class back home, right? And so they're finding it hard because they're attaching so much weight to the monetary thing. But you'll do everything differently with your body when you're that person. So I remember asking someone one time, they said they wanted to be a well-funded retiree. And I said, so how does she drink her coffee? How does she throw the towels into the dryer? You know, like things you're already going to be doing today. It doesn't have to be that you're going to go shop and spend a million dollars, right? Or that you're going to plan a trip with your loved one, you know, your beloved when you don't have a beloved. It's how do you embody it and in the everyday stuff? Because once you have the 20 million, once you have the, the lover, once you have the promotion at work, you're still going to be doing day-to-day -day things like putting on your shoes, you know, and fixing your hair. So how do you do those things when you're that person? And this, the change in your body may be very slight, but you'll feel it. it. There's a different way you carry yourself when you're in that mode. So it's a really good distinction mm -hmm. that Jackie brings up there. Really oh, important. Jackie also made a uh, reference a few moments ago to, uh, she, she was, giving a, a list of, of examples. And one of the examples was, what if you're a, a Starfleet commander? And I, I'm not sure if that was directly 
intended to be connected to the news item today because uh, <laughs> William Shatner, who played James T. Kirk, ended up climbing on, yes. yeah, <laughs> on top of a rocket and went up to the outer space, which, which is really very appropriate, of course. And right. his commentary after he came down was basically to illustrate that he was blown away by the experience. Now, I think about that in the context of, of the man I saw so many years ago playing Captain James T. Kirk on Star Trek. The man was just, I mean, that character was just a total confidence character. He had to be. He was the captain of the Enterprise. And he just exuded confidence. And here's the actor who was very good at exuding that confidence, who was basically exuding confidence about being in a place that he knew nothing about. Now that he actually got there, he was blown away by it. <laughs> yes. I'm, that's pretty yes. cool. <laughs> it is. It's so cool. It is. And then you know that you, you will always leave room for this or something better. That's a very wise thing to do because you can only gauge your experiences in hindsight You and, and as much imagination as you have access to. But like I said with my first class experience, the fact I didn't even know that you could shower at 30,000 feet <laughs> meant that I never put that into my first class experience, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you go this or something better, this is, I'm, I'm going to be even amazed even more than I, than I'm expecting to. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, my mantra throughout my life has, has always been, it'll be this or something better. It'll, it, things turn out better than expected every time. And even if you only expect a little, little bit, it'll be better than that. And that's a good thing because you can build on that. So, and I, you know, my, my mom will default to worst case scenario. I mean, she can turn a grocery trip into Armageddon. I have no idea. <laughs> It's the way her brain goes. And then I'll say to her, so what's the best you can expect? Oh, that maybe I'll have one or two green lights, you know. And then I'll say, which is quite funny because she never pays attention to them anyway. Um, and, then, and, then, and then I'll say, well, what could be better than that? Oh, green lights are the whole way along this road. Yeah, okay, that's good. Now she's, now she's looking, okay, this is feasible. She, her brain, you know, she's thinking, okay, that could happen. And then she'll come home and she said, oh, and everything I wanted was on sale and I found a coupon for this and it's like, and she's got all this bettering that's happening and it's only because she opened herself up to that experience. So if things are going to be better than you expect, you can expect a very little and it'll still work. I love it. We call it catastrophizing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Master's degree in our family. Let me tell you. <laughs> my earliest mentor said, used to say this, it's equivalent or whatever would be better. And always stress to me when we say whatever would be better, we're not talking about that mindset where people say, well, I really wanted this job, but I got this one. And I guess that's what God wants, right? Mm. I guess this may be uh, better, right? When it's not said, no, it's this, it's equivalent or whatever would be better. And when it is better, you will know it. You will have no doubt in your mind that it's better than the thing you wanted. So I've always held on to that too. It's a good, it's a good rule of thumb, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, I was coaching someone in my group the other day um, and they said, uh, you know, it wasn't what I wanted, but I guess it's, pro it, but it is progress, but it's better than nothing. She said, it's mm -hmm. better than nothing. And I thought, you know, when you read a text in a script, 
you have carte blanche about where you put the emphasis, right? You can, my son will say, you can put the emphasis on the wrong syllable if you like. So, um, so you can say, I got this and it is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Not, but it's better than nothing. It Much is different. better than nothing, right? And the emphasis is where your intention goes. And your brain, bringing the brilliant human brain it is, will find confirmation for you. So when it is something better, you will find ways that it is something better. I love that. Really good. Yeah. Uh, going back to the um, uh, analogy about William Shatner and James T. Kirk, the other thing that I loved about recognizing the correlation between the character he played and the man he is today who, who had the experience of actually going into space. That man, in my mind, is a brilliant portrayer of Kirk. He is Kirk, mm-hmm. in my mind. And because of that, I, I just I, I just think he's a fabulous actor. I don't actually know how good of an actor he is from an actor's perspective, but from my perspective, he's a, he's a fabulous actor. And yet this fabulous actor couldn't even begin to imagine what it's like to actually be in outer space. Well, that's actually kind of reassuring to me because I have a hard time imagining stuff too. If he can imagine just that little and turn that little into that big of thing, I guess I can too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to me, William Shatner is always Kirk because Kirk is William Shatner. It's just like he plays Captain Kirk in every movie he does. It's the same. There are many, many people who have made careers out of being themselves. Kirk Douglas, mm-hmm. Charlton Heston, John Wayne, they are themselves. In, you just move the scenery around, right? Right. Um, <laughs> as, as opposed to somebody like uh, Dustin Hoffman, when you look at him as, as Hook and you look at him as Tootsie and you look at him as, as uh, Rain Man, you, these are immersion people. Right. These are chameleons, right? Mr. Shatner, God bless him, is not a chameleon. Um, and so it is It is this thing that I love he got to experience something that he imagined for so long. That, to me, is just the best ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, and now I want them to send. Now I want them to send the rest of the crew up as well. And did you see the Did you see the shot where he was wearing his Kirk T-shirt and everybody else was in red? And I thought, no, I didn't see that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is no, that is to come back down again. This is like, no, don't wear red. <laughs> did they miss the memo? <laughs> How did they get those Have people to wear red in the first place? Any of the episodes? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it was it was so funny. I mean, the only, yeah, the only actor who actually it. survived wearing red was Scotty. He was the only one. That's <laughs> Everybody right. Everybody red died. The red t-shirt guy. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, Will Rob? Will Will's? Yeah, I can't remember his name. Oh, but he he always talks about the red t-shirt guy and like. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so you don't want to be the red t-shirt guy because you know that you're going to, you know, you're going to play one scene and you're going to be the first eaten by whatever it is that eats things. Yes. No. You, you can't even be called that. But, uh, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get your paycheck at the end of day one. Never mind at the end of the week. <laughs> <Right. laughs> when I heard about it, uh, my husband told me about it and I said, this just has to make everyone feel happy. <laughs> you know, it does, absolutely. Like, yes, yeah. yes, it does, absolutely. 
I also love the comment that he made when he came back and he was talking about how blown away he was by the whole experience. And he said he wanted everybody on earth to experience it. I love that. Yeah, that's, that would that, be That's so the man saying everybody should feel what I'm feeling. And we're talking yeah. about the, the importance of feeling. He wanted everybody yeah. to have that feeling. Yeah. You know, it's just like the, the first time that, you know, that, that amazing shot from the moon of the earth rising, you know, where you mm -hmm. actually, we all got to see the planet from there, which right. was never feasible before, right? We nope. could see like just from the edge of the atmosphere, but we couldn't see the whole globe. And, um, and that is a seminal moment in, in the, in the history of humanity that we shared yeah. this this thing, you know, besides the people who think it's fake, but it is. But well, they but shared it, it too. They just shared it in a different way. That's all. But <laughs> <laughs> there is this moment where, yeah, we are on a blue marble, and there it is in the middle of. Yeah, it's just amazing. And so, could you imagine if we all got the experience to actually fly, even if we mm. don't go into space, but just like to the edge of? Yeah. It would be surreal. It would be surreal. Yeah. I, I think about so many technological marvels that we, that the three of us have gotten to experience in our lifetime, that mm. all the humans that came before us did not experience, right? True. Like so, right. so many things. It's a, like this today, like what we're doing mm. right now. We're in three mm -hmm. different cities all over the United States. We're here looking at each other, speaking with each other. Like, I never take that for granted. I always feel like, gosh, what a, a miracle that, you know, that that idea that, you know, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I mean, it really mm -hmm. is. And it's amazing to think that yeah. you said, I want everyone on Earth to experience it. I, I didn't know that. I'm so glad you said that, because isn't that when we have that in our head, when we have that in our heart, you know you're experiencing mm -hmm. something just absolutely amazing when all you can think of is, oh my gosh, yeah. I want everyone to know that feeling, right? That's yes. so cool. Yeah, it's, that just gave me totally, chills. Totally agree. And, and the fact that he, he was trying to share it with everybody, I don't know how much he knows about what we call conscious creation, but it, it tells me that he has some idea about it because he wants everybody to have the power. That's what, that's the what I took away from it. I mean, he may have meant something different, but... Too bad. <laughs> That's what I took away from it. <laughs> well, I have no doubt that it is something that everyone will I don't know when. I don't know how far in the future we're going with that. But someday, you know, I, I mean, mm -hmm. people are experiencing yeah. it now. So eventually, yeah. You know, yeah, and the speed of technology gets ever faster. I mean, it, you know, when, when my mother moved to Nigeria, um, and then back down to South Africa, she used to write to my grandmother in England every week. And it used to be these blue email, uh, email uh -huh. letters. It was a single sheet of paper that you folded right. in three and you didn't have to put a stamp on and write. And it used to take a full week to get to England. So the, the, the information's flow was always a week off, right? And then, and so we would save up for phone calls because phone calls were hella expensive. Um, and were actually part of your birthday present, you know, when, when, right. when Nana found it was a big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when, by the time I was 35, so we're talking 35 years and we moved from, we, uh, my family moved from South Africa to the U.S. I was emailing my mother. 
35 years. That's all it took to go from a letter that took a week to get around the globe to emailing my mother and she would have it within a minute or two. Mm-hmm. It that just okay. She still printed it out and read it to my father. However, <laughs> well, the fact right. was it was delivered. <laughs> right. Well, what you're talking about? But you know, here. and now this is what we're doing. Yeah. This is what we're doing ten years later. So we've gone thirty-five and ten, and now my two-year-old grandbaby is swiping left and choosing her app and <laughs> to, knows how to turn the iPad on and it's like, yeah, I have no doubt that she will experience. Space flight. I, of oh, yeah. that I have no doubt. I might not, but I think she will. And it, that just blows my mind. It's so amazing. The babies born today are wired for the internet already. It's so yes, weird. Yes. <laughs> yes. None of this nonsense about being, having chips and stuff. No, no. The, 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 the morphic field will just do that for you. That's so. right. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> they arrive ready. Wi-Fi ready. Yeah. <laughs> Wi-Fi yeah. ready. What, what this is also uh, touching on for me is the importance of how to actively appreciate your way into abundance, appreciate your way into trust. Because what we're doing is we're appreciating the technological advances and we're, we're appreciating, mm-hmm. to use uh, Cindy's phrase, the magic of how things work. That's mm-hmm. not something and that was know, part of my growing up. I know that. That's something that has we definitely haven't had that many. We haven't had that many glitches since we started it, too. Yeah. How about that? Right? Yeah. That's the high vibe thing again. Yeah. But the simple and fact is that there are a lot, <laughs> there are a lot of ways to get into that, that place of abundance. And I think we've, we've not only talked about some of them, but we've also lived them here. We've, we've, we've acted them out, so to speak. We've acted as if, to use Jackie's phrase. We have, absolutely. It is key. It's absolutely key because you must, thoughts do become things, but there's doing in between. Thoughts become, become. You have to become the things. And, and, and Cindy, I have is, to say, more and more, I am taking on your idea of everything being magical. It's my it's my way of understanding just how alive everything is, because I really do grasp now everything is alive, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a scary prospect, but at the same time, it's exciting. Yes, it's so, because you're so connected. You're so connected to everything that is. That's my favorite term for, yeah, it's my favorite term for the universe and God, everything that is, and then I am a fragment of everything that is, and get to experience life that way. I have this backdrop behind me of the stars, and I've had a few different uh, backdrops of that kind. In the past, years ago, that would have felt like a very cold backdrop to me. It, w- it would have felt like there was just empty space that didn't have anything there. It was just, you know, lifeless and all that kind of thing. Now it has a completely different feeling. Now it has warmth to it. Now that's me changing my perspective. That's me you know, working mm-hmm. on myself, developing my yes. connectedness, all that kind of stuff. But nevertheless, it feels tangibly different to me now. And, and this whole idea of going into space, that's just like the next piece of that connectedness it's the next piece of that that feeling that everything is alive even the blackness of space yes. that, that's what i'm currently working on right now the idea that the blackness of space is full of energy and i call that source energy because they haven't got a better mm-hmm. name for it so i'm going to call it that <laughs> i think for so long we've 
I don't yeah, know what, I don't, I don't know what caused it. the technological advances. The, you know, I don't know what, but like the industrial age, but there's been this separation. Like you even hear people say, I need to get out in nature. And mm-hmm. I know what people mean when they say that, but we are part of nature. Like, and I think more and more we're hearing people recognize that we're mm-hmm. all connected. Not just all humans are connected to other humans. We're connected to everything. Like right. you said, everything on the planet, everything in the galaxy. And so mm-hmm. we are part of that, you know, not just separate from it. And I th- I hear more and more people mm-hmm. kind of talking about that. And that's also important to our ability to manifest is to see the connectedness of all things because that's energy that's connected. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're manifesting it, right? By mm. energy. Yeah. Yes. How, how interesting, the more that we come, become aware of that energy, not just intellectually, but through feeling, through tangible connectedness, the more we become aware of it, the more it becomes alive, but also the more we begin to trust. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have an expectation of outcome, which is what trust is. Because now yeah. it seems real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's becoming more yeah. and more real for me every day. I think it is for other people too, but I know just speaking from my own experience, oh, yes. I think so. I all of this is becoming much mm-hmm. more real every day. Yeah. Yeah. This is literally the age of Aquarius. This is what they've talked about. <laughs> yes. Realizing the collective. The collectiveness of us all. Um, that, I'm yeah, glad I finally understand that because really when I first heard that song 50, 60 years ago, I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. <laughs> I didn't have the first clue. <laughs> so it's nice to actually no. have it, and it took oh, a long time. Oh, that's what they're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been yeah, it's, about it. Um, it took a, <laughs> yeah. Took a while for us to, to, to all get there. Reality takes some time to catch up, right? Always. It it's, does. Uh, it is how it is. Lag time. And, and then so I'm gonna just good. Throw one more, I'm going to throw one more little thing in there, uh, just as, as like a little add-on, a little cherry on top. One of the things I think I hear a lot is people complaining that, well, when when's everybody else going to get this stuff? You know, it's just like this whole, little small community that understands it. You know, the wide community, they're just oblivious to it. You know, they're, they're never going to get anywhere. They're not going to, no one's going to ever come together and create the world we want. And not just like this long litany of things like that. And I say to myself, are we looking at the same world? Because <laughs> that's not what I'm seeing at all. I'm seeing yeah. like these massive shifts going on in leaps and bounds. So I guess once again, mm-hmm. it just shows, what are you paying attention to? What are you, what are you giving your foundational belief to? And the lens you look at everything through. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really glad that we did this conversation about trust and abundance. Um, Me too. First of all, because I realized lately we haven't touched about touched on abundance very much at all. So I'm glad we got there. That's really good. And thank you for this journey. I feel like we just took a journey through the universe. <laughs> Seriously, so good. So good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Glitches and all. Glitches and all. <laughs> Hey, at least we can have a glitch like this. It doesn't take a week for this glitch to happen. It happens in a second. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That's for sure. All right. So, so thank you, ladies. Awesome. Thank you, especially to our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.